It's another Sunday Night in Comedy, and tonight on The Roundup, we're going from the green room to the kitchen. It's all about punchlines and food porn with friends in comedy and radio who happen to be food-obsessed. Celebrity chefs, influencers, pandemic recipes, why is there such a connection between comedy and cooking? I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. to an all-new Inside Jokes, baby, right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto, and of course, streaming all over planet Earth on the Global News Radio Network. We are in the kitchen tonight. It's another month in comedy. It's time for another roundup, and tonight we're switching gears. We are talking to comics and radio personalities who all have a little side hustle going on in the kitchen world. We've got our producer, Vince Tedesco, on the line with us. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing okay. Do you know how are things on your end? <laughs> I'm good. It's it's night. We're changing. We're we're flipping the script for tonight's roundup. Uh, we're talking to comics. We're talking to a friend of ours in radio and podcasting. All of whom, because this of course became a huge thing during the pandemic. All of whom are sort of chefs in their own right. And I mean, listeners of this show, many of you know, when I'm not on the air, I'm in the kitchen in Toronto. I'm in the restaurant world. Vince, our producer, you you are always cooking at home. You're posting stuff on your social. You actually started a new project during the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, it's creating crazy. a new yeah. food show. Yeah, well, I mean, it's 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 a work in progress, as they say. But yeah, I mean, there is a fascination between comedy and cooking. I don't know, I don't know what the hell that is, though. I mean, I don't gonna, know what the recipe is. That this makes is what sense. exactly. I don't know what the recipe is, but there is some connection. And a lot of comics have started doing way more of this stuff during the pandemic because they're at home. They have all the cameras set up. They have all this, the gear to sort of pump out this digital content. And a lot of people sort of became at home chefs. I mean, we have comics on the show that have appeared on the Food Network uh, who are constantly putting stuff out on their social, uh, even brand endorsements, recipe demos, all kinds of stuff. So we're going to figure out what exactly that connection is between comedy and cooking. There's a little je ne sais quoi. And I mean, of course, it sort of ties in with, you know, really just in the last decade or two, the sort of the rise of the celebrity chef, the advent of the rock star chef. And yeah. I mean, is that what comics want to be now? That's what I want to pick people's brains on because, you know, we used to always say that comics always secretly wanted to be musicians. Are chefs the new rock stars? I don't know. That's what we're going to find out. Brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical because the world is stuck in 2020 and now your vision can be too. I'm almost going to be sad to let go of all these wonderful pandemic liners that we have for Hakeem Optical, but who knows? It's still up in the air. Maybe we'll still be using them two months from now. Uh, it's Comics Who Cook tonight. Uh, we have our old friend Sammy Farid on the line, who, I mean, Sammy, you first off, congrats. You just got picked up by a new agency. I saw that. That's true. You are now a newly minted member of the William Hirsch Talent William Agency. Hirsch. Right? Uh, but you one. did Best in the biz. Best in the biz. But I mean, you were already, listen, I mean, comedy wise, you're already doing all right. Well, as much as anyone can do during the, <laughs> the last two years. Yeah. 
you get to perform once in a while and then it's canceled again. And then, the, but I mean, aside from that, I mean, yeah, you've appeared on CMT, you've appeared on stages really all over the country. You're certainly a regular fixture at clubs here in Toronto. Uh, but food wise, you have your own page, Sammy Cooks. And of course, you also appeared on the Food Network on Wall of Chefs. That's right. Uh, pretty good culinary resume there. And we have Tessa Malazani, who really has been all over the place. I mean, seen and heard on Chum here in Toronto, Virgin Radio, Much Music, CTV, all over the place, really. And of course, you host the Hold the Phone podcast. And I mean, Tessa, for those of you who haven't followed on social media yet, and hopefully will after this episode, your entire thing, I mean, you're always cooking, you're always doing like food demos and recipe demos and product tutorials and all this stuff all over your social. So, I mean, I think cooking and entertaining is certainly a huge part of what you do as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's kind of something I do when it's like not something professional. Like I love to have, you know, friends over and entertain and chat and listen to music and play music and cook. So it's kind of like, the best of both worlds, right? I get to do it for a living and for, it's what I like to do for fun. So, yeah. And I mean, how much did that, I mean, because I think, yeah, you we did see a huge influx and I mean, even, even just other comics, but, you know, people's social media completely became about cooking at home during the pandemic whenever you're trying to avoid takeout. But I mean, so many more people were like, okay, I'm actually stuck at home all the time now. I'm here with my friends. I'm here with my family, whatever my little bubble is. And a lot of people started doing that stuff at home. I mean, for you, was it a similar thing, Tessa? I mean, of course, well, you you had a baby this past year. So I mean, you're, I up, uh, <laughs> so you're cooking for a family. For you, is that has that been a thing during the pandemic? Like trying to still be social in that way and host and have people over and sort of entertain people and cook for them? Yeah, not as much. So I mean, I started it, um, you know, on my own. And then I have this partnership with Cuisinart where they send me appliances and products all the time. So I'm coming up with new recipes and then, you know, for their YouTube and Instagram and mine as well. And, um, and then, yeah, I guess when the pandemic hit, so I wasn't entertaining anymore with people. So it's like, well, I'm entertaining for people online, which is, you know, fabricated <laughs> but it's, it's fun like it's still fun I'm still creating so I'm having a good time doing it yeah yeah and it's sort of like brand building and you're still reaching out to I mean you're reaching out to the same audience you already have and the people who already listen to your podcast and follow your social stuff anyways so it's sort of like here's a new thing I'm doing Sammy you did yeah. something interesting and we have Andrew Barr's gonna hop on the panel here in a second but Sammy you did something interesting during all this too where you were I mean yeah you have your Sammy Cooks page where you're always sort of creating new stuff at home and posting your portfolio online you were also doing pizzas for people though during the pandemic yeah, yeah. how did I that started, um i started farid zaria um <laughs> that, what an uh, awesome name yeah that started because uh i made a pizza and i was like this is no good and my wife's like no it's great great pizza and i'm like no it's just pizza and i got deep deep into like a big rabbit hole and started making pizzas basically every day. We ate probably 50 mediocre pizzas. And I was just like tweaking the recipe. And then I'm like, oh, this is a good pizza. And then there was the whole debate over, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna build a pizza oven. And she's like, you're definitely not doing that. And I'm, <laughs> I'm going to, and she's like, no, just buy a pizza oven. And then eventually I bought a pizza oven. I mean, oh, you did buy a pizza. I mean, I think that's going to change the whole landscape of, you know, people who are chefs for a living. I know a ton of them who, 
yeah, the restaurants closed or whatever they were doing just sort of completely went on pause, much like comedy did. So a lot of people just started buying up all this equipment and started home catering stuff. And I think there's going to be a lot of people and a lot of independent restaurant owners in, in cities like Toronto that just aren't going to go back afterwards. They're just gonna be like, I'm doing this thing now from home and that's it. I'm sort of building my own brand. But last but not least, we have our friend Andrew Barr on the line. Touring comic Andrew Barr, of course, a regular feature at Yuck Yucks all over the country. Um, again, when the pandemic isn't messing with that. But you, yeah. Andrew, we pulled you onto this panel because we're talking to comics who have this tie-in with cooking. I mean, I know you've worked in a lot of restaurants. That's it sort of is a thing where a lot of comics get these side gigs as just being a kitchen dog because you're kind of already in the bar or the restaurant already working yeah. in different sets. But your Instagram has been filled up with a lot of food that you've been making at home as well, which I'm calling, I'm going to go ahead and call it like bachelor cuisine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it, it, it looks good to people who don't cook. Like <laughs> all, all of my friends who can't cook are like, that's great. And then other people are like, people like you guys who can cook are like, yeah, you're starting to a little bit understand what you're doing. Um, but yeah, you're right. I've, I've worked in a lot of kitchens, but I am um, certainly not a chef. Uh, people all the time are like, oh, you work in a kitchen, are you a chef? And I'm like, no, I'm like a glorified dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> I've, but you I've, get I've, access to the line. You get to go. Yeah, I, I've worked the line, but I'm still not even comfortable calling myself a line cook, really. <laughs> uh, That's why we have a nice balance of everybody on the on the panel right now. I mean, for you, Andrew, and I mean, Sammy, this applies to you, too. I mean, Tessa, we know you're doing these Cuisinart things and you, you are, you're always putting this stuff out on your social. It's sort of part of your overall brand. It's a very slick and polished thing, but we did see a lot of comics. I mean, Sammy, you were always a foodie before you were always an at-home chef before already, but we have seen a lot of comics during this whole thing, just all of a sudden cooking at home and filling up their social media and their Instagram with all this stuff they're cooking at home. Do you think the pandemic in a way taught us to be more self-reliant than we were before and just sort of live a little bit more thrifty and do things for ourselves. Like Andrew, do you think that'll continue for you? Or if they open up all the clubs and stuff again tomorrow, or are you just going to go back to the way th things were just comics living off of takeout at three in the morning? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to try to cook more. I've, uh, I've been investing, you know, I got a uh, cast iron pan. I bought a ricer yesterday. Nice. Yeah. And tried to make mashed potatoes properly for the first time, like steaming them after they were boiled to get the moisture out and whatnot. And they did, they did turn out a little gluey. I don't, <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, but when I watch, uh, you know, stuff on TV, uh, people always bitch if it's if they're too gluey, and mine were definitely gluey, which I didn't care about. But there I know. you go. It's it's like, it's like anything else. You got to put in the time, right? Yeah, but I'm gonna no, I'm gonna keep it up for sure. I'm yeah, also, I'm it's just like stand up. You got to put in that. You got to hone hone the skills. All right, we're gonna come back with more comics who cook. More of our roundup panel. We'll be right back right here on Inside Jokes. Hey, it's Tessa Malizani. You're listening to Inside Jokes. I listen to it every Sunday, and when I'm not, I'm being a new mom, saying things like uh, Jesus Murphy and Hey, that looks sharp. Hanging around. Downtown by myself and I had so much time to sit and think about myself and then there she was Like double cherry pie, yeah there she was Like disco super fly I 
real sex and can they hear who's that lounging in my chair who's that casting devious stares in my direction surely is a dream yeah yeah mama this surely is a dream take it Welcome back to Inside Jokes, right here on 640 Toronto, and of course, streaming coast-to-coast, Canada-wide, on the Global News Radio Network, brought to you by our good friends at Hakeem Optical, helping you eye-roll so hard at this insane garbage fire we're all stuck in. (laughs) I love the pandemic plugs. Not sure if they do, but they haven't told us otherwise. Who knows if they even listen. We are talking comics who cook. Tonight on Inside Jokes, we've got friends in stand-up, we've got friends in radio and podcasting, all of whom have their feet, I should have said hands, in the culinary world. (laughs) Who cooks with their feet? One thing I I want to talk about is, and I think, you know, we probably, all of us are similar enough in age that we all kind of grew up with this, but I mean, the rise of the celebrity chef, it's really still a recent thing it's really still a recent phenomenon i think when you know when most of us were kids on this panel cooking shows were just kind of something that was still on tv when you would get home from school and you'd kind of ignore it was kind of background it was like urban peasant and stuff like that but then all these all these celebrity chefs came along with these travel shows and these tv shows and sort of taught everybody that you know cooking can be exciting and it could be badass and it could be rebellious and it could be dangerous and it could be sexy. And there is sort of this rock and roll all of a sudden to cooking where chefs sort of became these new rock stars, really. I mean, for you guys, and I mean, Sammy, for sure, this would apply to you. Are there, are there chefs that you watch now that you go, like you kind of look up to them? And I mean, a lot of them do. I mean, Anthony Bourdain is of course always the elephant in the room. He's always the big example, right? He was sort of the Hunter S Thompson of the food world. Benny did everything. I mean, he's a novelist and he's a TV writer and a screenwriter and a travel host and a chef. Were there people that influenced what you do now? And does that sort of tie into overall just entertainment wise? Like, is it completely unrelated to your comedy or do those things sort of filter together for you? I feel like it all kind of blends together. Uh, I know as a kid, the very first chef I kind of remember was uh, Chef Pasquale. Yes, the singing chef. Yeah. Right. Steve Asante. Okay, here we go. And he would just constantly make mistakes. And he's like, that's okay. All right, here we go. And just roll with the punches. And I love that. Yeah. Um, And then, uh, of course, like there was people who were more refined, someone like uh, Nigella Lawson, who was like right on the brink of that celebrity chef where you're like, how, you know? But um, I think it all kind of goes together. The, the whole idea of making food is you're trying to make people happy. You're trying to get a reaction out of people. You want them to be like, oh, man, I can't believe you made this with your two hands, right? Hands, not feet, Dean. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, supposed to know this, too. It is, it is true. And I mean, you know, for, for all of you, this really applies. I mean you know, Sammy and Andrew, I mean, you guys are comics. That's you're, you're trying to do something that is one of the most intimate things you could do really, which is you're trying to get laughter out of somebody. I feel like aside from the obvious, there really is nothing more personal than you can really do than cook for somebody. I mean, it, I feel like there, maybe that's what that tie in is. I mean, Tessa, is it like that for you? I mean, cause when you're doing your podcast or when you're on the air, you know, you're speaking directly to your audience 
you're trying to get a certain kind of response and a feedback from them or a comic that you're talking to on the air. There's something about cooking, though, that's kind of like the most intimate thing you can do, really, for another person. Yeah, it is for sure. So like, if you know, you're having people over for just like cooking just for your family or just your husband, right? You know, you're putting in that, that extra thought of, you know, to cook for them so that it's something that they like or will enjoy. And kind of when you see them enjoying it, it's like, all right, good times. Add that with a little bit of music in the background, some good wine, and it's like, everything's good. So I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like when, you know, celebrity chefs first kind of started becoming a thing and there was more and more of these TV shows and it wasn't just sort of daytime television anymore. It was sort of gimmicky and hokey at first. I mean, you had the Emerald Lagosses of the world just with catchphrases and, you know, splashing on plates and stuff like that. But then it became more and more sort of this rebellious, almost outlaw thing. A lot of these chefs and the way they approached it. And I, I feel like the reason why so many comics and radio people relate to that is because, you know, people in stand-up, you're comedy geeks at the end of the day, right? I mean, you're just fans of it and it's all you get together with your friends and talk about it, and it's what you watch and listen to when you're at home. And I think people in the food world are very much the same way. It's just kind of like this all-consuming lifestyle thing where you're just, you want to talk to other people who do it and all you do is geek out about this stuff and think about it and read about it and watch it. I mean... Andrew and Sammy, is that kind of a similar thing for you guys? I mean, I know when you do stand up for a living, that's it's 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 not a regular job. It's a whole it's a lifestyle gig. It's a 24 seven every waking moment sort of thought process. Uh, yeah, I'd say that's true. And I, I think I am the same with food. Like I, I, I can talk about food all day. Uh, I do love talking about food. I love I watch tons of like, you know, shows on TV. I can watch food content all day and not get sick of it. That's so why I guess I'm, I'm happy there are so many celebrity chefs now because there's tons of content. Uh, I do like it when they are actually chefs on the show. I, I've seen a lot of shows recently where it's just like personalities that host it. Yeah. Uh, like there was one, there's some guy who used to review fast food on YouTube who has his own cooking show now. And like when you see him eat the food, he's always just like, oh man, it's like so good. And the flavor is there. And like the cheese, it just like pops. And it's like, it's just 30 minutes of this man saying nothing. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate when they're actual cooks because so much of the content are like anyone could just say that well it is kind of funny like because yeah it became popular to a point where almost everybody wants to do it now the guy who co-created everybody loves Raymond has a cooking and travel show now on yeah. HBO he does yeah Phil yeah, Rosenthal that's a, that's a terrible oh, show that's right. yeah, it, is. <laughs> it is oh somebody feed Phil Somebody yeah. feed Phil, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The intro music to a show I've ever seen. <laughs> I hate it so much. <laughs> Sorry, Tessa, you were gonna you were gonna jump in there because I think you've probably seen a lot of these people. <laughs> I feel <laughs> like you know it's easy to um, fall down a rabbit hole, like a marathon of Beat Bobby Flay. But like, how many episodes can they really play of Beat Bobby Flay? Like, there's like twenty in a row, and I, I don't yeah. understand. Are there actual people watching it? Why I don't understand why networks want to like play like all those episodes there's there's no like mix-up anymore so like what you were saying it's kind of less like, everything's a game show there. yeah it is it is funny though there's like an actual now crossover happening between those worlds i mean yeah there's the somebody feed phil one which by the way one of the worst people you could pick to host any kind of a show i mean he really <laughs> just should have stayed in the writer's room and not 
talked on camera but anyways john favreau because of course i mean he did that movie chef a few years ago now he's yeah. he has a show where he's traveling around with roy Choi, and they're just like going all over the planet to restaurants that they like i mean yeah. here in toronto we have maddie matheson maddie matheson is literally crossing over from being a restaurateur into doing stand-up now he's doing stand-up festivals now that immediately bothers me is he any good <laughs> I think I I, 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 he doesn't actually plan anything. Is that oh, true? Is it right? He just yeah. up and just it's all improv stand up type of. I think he's going to take my comic money. You're already like a rich guy. <laughs> you got to come flounder around, and not know what you're doing in my arena for some reason, and get paid for that. Like we've always had such high regard for chefs. Like we really like Andrew said at the beginning. I would never call myself a chef. You know, I don't have the official training. It's all, you know, it's, but they have no respect for us. <laughs> interesting. Very, very interesting. It is interesting though. There, I mean, that's really a phenomenon that's been happening the last, like, definitely pre-pandemic, but not for too, too long, where you're seeing that a lot in the comedy world where festivals, I mean, I remember watching Ken Jeong here at JFL 42 one year and he did a gala and yeah, he's a comedic actor and he's probably done, you know, the improv before and stuff like that back in his day. But it was like 90 minutes of him just telling stories about famous people that he knows. <laughs> yeah. Like okay. people bought tickets for it to watch a stand-up show and it was not that. Yeah. Ken Jong's Netflix special is one of the most offensive things that I've ever seen. And not, because <laughs> not because of the content, because of the quality of the content. Uh, but yeah, stand-up is a weird art form where like every famous person, just when they get bored, decides, I'll also be a famous stand-up comedian now, even if they've never done it. You're just yeah. Same as you're just allowed to step into our industry and like leapfrog everybody because people know your face already. Yeah. Well, it's I mean that's happening yeah. with uh, a lot of like social media influencers getting on there because they have the following, so the following doesn't yeah. care where they're going. And all of a sudden, you know, you got big festivals like JFL going, yeah, yeah come on down. You can you yeah. can be a headliner. Yeah, no some YouTuber that they let host a gala a few years ago that bombed horribly in I, under time. Yeah, I, yeah, I remember exactly that because I was I was talking about that with our friend Gary Rideout from Comedy Bar, who of course was on the show not too long ago. Uh, yeah, it was Miranda yeah. Sings. Yeah, it was uh, that's what it was. Yes. JFL forty two, and that was really sort of the beginning of that stuff where you were seeing exactly people with like because they had three million youtube followers and stuff like that so the festivals were kind of just like well they could probably do stand-up or they could at least go up there and talk for an hour people will buy tickets yeah. for it i mean tessa for you i mean you've been at in the radio game for a long time and you host your podcast and you you know you do brand endorsements online you do all this stuff you've built a huge social following over the years you've built your own audience mm -hmm. Is there this weird sort of thing where it's just like, okay, well, I'm already spinning all these other plates and doing all these things. I could just jump into something else because I have the audience for it. Do you think there's sort of that pitfall now? Yeah, I mean, I feel like, like you guys mentioned, I feel like a lot of people do that where they're just looking for the next thing that to try because I feel like, you know. Are you going to do stand-up? No, I don't do stand-up. <laughs> I, I, improv, I've, I've done a lot of improv over the years. That's as close as I get to that. I've been asked to do stand-up years ago because I, you know, I have a lot of friends that do that. And I, I just, I don't know, I always shied away from it. Was, well, to relate, and I said, I'll do that to people who do it really well. Related back to cooking and comedy, I mean, a lot of stand-ups are great hosts. So they get to yeah. host great shows like yeah. cooking shows. And uh, I mean, Sebastian Maniscalco over the last year 
put together an entire food show where he talks to chefs and, you know, he's in there and seeing how things are made, but it doesn't really translate the other way around. Like the day I see Gordon Ramsay get on stage. Yeah. Start, I mean, he already is a laugh to begin with, but that's his personality and his demeanor, but he's not doing five minutes at, you know, the laugh factory when he's in LA. It, 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 it seems to work one way, but it doesn't really seem to work the other way. I don't know the coalition between that. And there's something kind of relatable between, I mean, this John Favreau chef show is a good example right now because, you know, he's not, he's not hosting the show. He's not going, well, I'm a chef and I'm going to pop into these different kitchens. He's there as like the understudy. So it's kind yeah. of this, you know, there's something relatable about watching a chef that you already like and watching a comic that you like and watching them just, being there as a fan and learning as they go and watching them sort of nerd out about this stuff. There's something relatable about that, you know, and they're sort of staying in their lane. <laughs> I, I yeah, do I like that people... show. I have a lot of respect for that. Yeah. Show. It's, oh, like, yeah. it's awesome. And yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. I think there's people, you know, that have been doing it for years. Like you guys have been doing stand up. I'm sure for years, you know, honing your craft. But so for somebody just to come in, walk in and say, okay, I'm going to start it now just because I have a following when, you know, it's kind of doesn't really work unless you have a passion from it for it from the beginning. I don't know. Which well, brings even, me uh, with stand up. There's, there's people who come in and uh, you know, within a year, they're like, why am I not on all the festivals? And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> You just yeah. can't see it yet. Um, but that, yeah, <laughs> when that happens too quick, you're like, no, no, there's there's an order here. You got to work your way through, right? Which is kind of funny. Like, I wonder if we're going to see a similar thing where, you know, so many people were stuck at home for the last two years during the pandemic. So now they're cooking at home and they're prime proud of this thing that I attempted and I'm going to put it on my social media. I don't think that six months from now, all of those people are going to be like, well, I'm a chef now. I'm starting a catering company, you know? <laughs> And, and there's, yeah, there seems to be that attitude about stand-up where a lot of people are just like, I this I I've made my friends laugh at kitchen parties. I can do this. No problem. <laughs> no problem. You guys know, I mean, bar, how many small town shows have you done over the years where there's always somebody who comes up to you and it's always two things in Canadian comedy? Do you know Russell? And I have a friend that's really funny. They should do what you do. Yeah, that's every time that's happened to me thousands of times. <laughs> every town in Canada. All right, we're going to come back with more of our Comics Who Cook, more of the Roundup. We'll be right back right here on Inside Jokes. Hi, I'm Andrew Barr. I'm one of four comedians in the country who knows how to make more than just craft dinner, and you're listening to Inside Jokes. Moving to the country, I'm going to eat a lot of peaches. I'm moving to the country, I'm gonna eat me a lot of peaches. I'm moving to the country, I'm gonna eat a lot of peaches. I'm moving to the country, I'm gonna eat a lot of peaches. You are listening to Inside Jokes right here on 640 Toronto and of course all over planet Earth on Global News Online. Brought to you by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. Everything is terrible, but your eyesight doesn't have to be. Hakeem Optical. <laughs> That's a new one. I don't know. I love these pandemic vlogs. We are talking, of course, on the roundup tonight. We are talking comics who cook. We got some friends in radio and podcasting and stand-up, all of whom have some ties with the culinary world to varying degrees. I mean, as Andrew Barr said, 
in that last promo there he's one of four comics in canada who knows how to cook more than just craft dinner uh but i mean bar yeah you were talking before the break earlier how yeah you've worked in kitchens you wouldn't call yourself a chef but you do do a lot at home you post a lot of this stuff online which wasn't even a pandemic thing for you you were kind of always doing that for you guys i mean how much of a different form of therapy is cooking? I mean, Sammy, obviously you're hard at work on this stuff. You have a full page dedicated to this. Tessa, you have a huge following online for all this stuff. I mean, when you're on stage and you're doling out material and you're getting into that zone, there's sort of, you know, you're, you're purging something. You get to sort of vent and get things off your chest. I'm sure, Tessa, the same is true for you when you're on the air. You get yeah. to sort of share your viewpoint on things and vent about stuff that's going on. Is cooking sort of a different form of therapy for you guys? Is it relaxing and soothing in a different way? I, I think so. I'm more than happy to wake up, have a coffee and start cooking and then all day, just be cooking all day. My mom's like, man, you spend way too much time in the kitchen, but it's always like, I'm happy to do it. I'm thoroughly enjoying myself all the time when I'm in there. Yeah, I'm the same. I think, yeah, it's definitely therapeutic and it's kind of, you know, what I'm inspired by to cook. So sometimes I'll just, you know, if I go to the store, to the grocery store, I see what looks good. And then I kind of think, oh, what can I make with this? Just, or if I traveled somewhere and I'm inspired by something or watch something and then I, you know, kind of just uh, triggers that. And, you know, yeah, it's very therapeutic because you're creating, you're cooking, you're tasting. It's great good time <laughs> totally that is the best is just like sort of playing jazz with it like you go to like the farmer's market or something and just see what's there and then you come up with these ideas in your head and you just go okay i'm gonna go home and figure out if this works if it does then it goes on instagram if it doesn't nobody knew that it happened <laughs> that's kind of how it is but it is sort of the most relaxing thing it really is i mean you know i haven't done stand-up in a couple years now i just do this show now but I remember that feeling of you know before you'd go on stage you're sort of pacing around you're running the gears through your head you're feeling the energy of the room you're getting ready to just go up there and sort of grab it it's totally a different mindset I mean cooking to me it's almost like a, a road trip it's like the process is the fun part it's not even as much about the destination it's like just the act of doing it is just this completely calming you completely st sort of step outside of yourself uh, Tessa just said something that was like really crucial. The travel thing, that was huge for me. I know when I'd go somewhere and then come home and be craving that thing I had and you're like, how do I make that? I got to make that. And it's kind of the same with stand up. I, you know, when you travel, you have all these new experiences and you come back with just like a notepad full of things that you want to talk about, right? Things are different from back home. So similar yeah. process. Yeah, I, I guess it depends where you get to travel because, like, I do most of my traveling is like road work in Canada. So, like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't come back from Fort McMurray with a ton of new culinary revelations or anything. <laughs> uh, but you had, a, you know, a couple of new bits, I'm assuming. Yeah, uh, not even that. <laughs> <Really>. <laughs> it's just a lot of different takes on progies, really. One's <laughs> yeah, a dead zone in our country. I prefer not to think about most of the time. <laughs> um, you know what you need to do, Andrew Barr? We need to bring back uh, on the road again. You could be like the new Wayne Ronstadt, where you just go from t small towns in Canada and you can cook their local delicacies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever local delicacy they might have, hot dogs and craft dinner, etc. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yes, looking at the uh, looking at the comparison between comedy and hospitality, I mean the hours of operations are bang on the similar. 
Yeah. I mean, like uh, everyone after their shift or the chefs are probably hanging out with the servers. I've lived that life. Dean's lived yeah. that life. I'm sure you guys have. It's always late night, those early morning hours. You guys are always just hanging out. Same thing with comedy. After the comics have done their shift, they're probably all, you know, if they're, you guys are buddies off, off the stage, gathering at some late night Chinese restaurant, talking over jokes, talking over material. How was that crowd tonight? So the hours of operations both reflect each other very similarly that to a point where like it you're thriving off that same i guess late night energy which just keeps you guys going oh for sure there's tons of that and that's why like a lot of comics are friends with you know bartenders and cooks as well like yeah everything and yeah everybody drinks and chats afterwards you know the bartenders are like oh man i've been on my feet for like 12 hours and the cooks are like i've been on my feet for 12 hours and the comics are like yeah i had to work for about 15 minutes today <laughs> <laughs> It is such a similar thing, though, because it's like you're, yeah, it's always, uh, it, I feel like comics and kitchen people are probably two of the worst possible people you could date ever, by the way, because oh, it's yeah. like, it's such a lifestyle gig. It's like you're out late nights all the time. You're in bars, you're in restaurants, you're never around weekends, you're never around holidays, and you all you want to do, and you never make any money, and all you, you want to well, depending and all you want to do is just like hang out with you know like-minded people and talk shop really totally and yeah cooks are an interesting bunch I, from working in different kitchens i've learned is like there's some people that are like happy to be back there and that are very passionate about it and then there's a ton of people that are too weird to work out front <laughs> <laughs> they're just they talk, they, they, they're like they need a job and the restaurant owners are like well we can't have you talking to anyone so you can go back there it is kind of funny because in stand-up, people used to always, you know, friends and family would always just be like, are comics all sort of just like messed up people? <laughs> sure, yeah, but I feel like kitchens are even worse. Probably, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's almost like encouraged. It's like you're getting paid to do that. Tessa, the interesting thing is radio people are, are also kind of wired in the same way. But it's like, like it still is very much like the island of misfit toys, except radio people are like, damaged people who have a nine to five job <laughs> <laughs> well no i totally get it because i've done the evening show for quite a few years so i was kind of one of those people too i guess you know where i'd go out after the show and hang out with the same type of people and you know yeah, so, yeah i get it for sure you just want to like be with your people and talk shop and sort of geek out all right we're going to come back with more of our roundup more of our comics who cook right here on inside jokes Hey, I'm Sammy Farid, and you are turning up the heat with Inside Jokes. Welcome back to Inside Jokes. Right here on 640 Toronto, brought to you, of course, by Hakeem Optical. We are talking comics who cook, friends in radio and podcasting and stand-up, who also spend a lot of time in the kitchen. I'm curious what everybody, who everybody's sort of heroes and influences are. I feel like, you know, we always we always talk about who people's all-time comedians are and who you sort of listened to and watched growing up and how you got into that. Uh, but do you have sort of heroes? in the food world and how much does that tie into everything else you do i guess we'll shoot it over to you first sammy um very cliche but i gotta go with anthony bourdain um he was insanely skilled as a as a chef but he also 
really like went to town and like studied every single cuisine he could every country everything so i I just love that idea of travel and food and like putting them together and yeah so anthony bourdain i mean yeah it is sort of a given at this but i mean if yeah my place looks like a little beaches anthony bourdain museum there's like a painting of him above my knife roll and like all his books and everything but he really because he was such a multi-threat and i mean also, I mean, for people who, have, who haven't read more than just his cookbooks, he's a fantastic writer. He also wrote and consulted on one of my favorite TV shows all time, of all time, Treme, which is a great show about New Orleans after Katrina and what the restaurant world was like and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, so Bourdain for sure. And I feel like he applies to a lot of people because his spiritually he applies to stand-up because there's, again, there's that sort of rebellious, badass, I can do and say what I want kind of a thing that really just kind of went into everything he did so i feel like yeah for sure that's always always a given uh tessa i mean you everything you put online not when you're on air but when you're doing your cuisinart stuff when you're doing tutorials and doing recipes and stuff online it's all very slick and very polished you really do look like you are in an actual studio kitchen somewhere who were sort of the big the big influences for you coming up in all this stuff uh honestly um i would have to say my mom (laughs) (laughs) not a a celebrity chef but honestly she's amazing she can make everything when she was pregnant with me she used to teach Chinese cooking she's done like everything and my whole a lot of people in my family we all cook but I think like I'd have I'm not a celebrity but she is in my eyes anyways but she uh she's amazing so I she's just influenced me and that's how I kind of learned to cook just by watching her growing up and you know, my whole life type of thing. So I'd have to say her. There you go. And is that something for you now? I mean, now you're a mother as well. Do you want to pass that on? Is that like a tradition that you want to continue? Absolutely. I think it's great. I think everyone should know how to cook. And I think it's like, you know, even if you just learn the basics, it can be so simple. I think people really complicate things for themselves and that's why they stay away from it. But if you just keep it simple, you can always build upon it and it's, you know, it. What about you, Bar? Was there somebody that like, you sort of always look at in that world and just appreciate what they do. I mean, I feel like you're, you're a unique example too, because you do spend a lot of time on the road and you're in motels and small town Canada and stuff like that. So when other people are probably just microwaving burritos, you can actually sort of do something for yourself. (laughs) Yeah. A little bit. Um, Yeah. Tessa kind of took my move there. Uh, I'm going to go, (laughs) I'm going to go with my Nono, um, my, my grandfather on the Italian side of my family. Um, he was the one who did, um, you know, a lot of the cooking for family meals and stuff when we were growing up, um, and was sort of one of the people that made me appreciate food, like not just that it could taste good, but as a way to like, um, you know, show love to the people around you, um, you know, and like be a good host, taught me how to act as well as how to cook a little bit, um, which I've always appreciated. Yeah. And there's sort of this like discipline side about it as well. Right. It's like. It's, it's not an exact science because you're kind of just playing with it as you go along, but there's like this precise discipline to cooking too. That's sort of, I feel like, I think that's why so many, so many people in the restaurant world are sort of like OCD minded where it's just like, everything is very precise and organized and you're almost military about that. Uh, all right. We're going to go around and find out what everybody's been working on and where we can follow you. Uh, Andrew Barr, we'll go with you first. Where, where can we find some of your stuff online, listen to your albums, all that good stuff. I'm uh, sure if you want to catch me on social media, I'm at Andrew Bar Comedy on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, it's at Insta- uh, it's at Andrew Bar Comic uh, on Twitter. 
Um, if you're in Toronto, I've got a show coming up at Comedy Bar on February 9th called Guts for Laughs, um, a panel of pro comics. We screen like an old horror movie from the 80s and just make fun of it the whole time. Uh, if you're a fan of Mystery Science Theater 3000, it's basically the same as that. Um, if anyone in Kitchener is listening, I'll be at Bingman's on uh, February 12th. And uh, yeah, that's about all I've got coming up right Shout now. Shout out to Bingman's, right on. Nice, and it's it's good to finally see live shows are coming back again. Things are opening again. Uh, but yeah, Guts for Laughs have been going on for what? You're in year seven of that now? It's hard to tell anymore because of the pandy, but yeah, so, something like that. Yeah, so I mean, it's become definitely a cult favorite in Toronto, so people can hit up comedybar.ca. Sammy Fareed, where can we find you, my friend, your comedy and your food, all that good stuff? Uh, on socials, I have uh, at Sammy Fareed, if you want to follow... Uh my life you know everyday happenings <laughs> um sammy cooks for my food account and uh, also follow faridzeria i'm gonna be uh trying to kick that up a notch um also since i have the air uh i'm a huge cuisinart fan if you guys are tuning in following tessa you know i don't need anything now because the quality is so good everything's just you know okay but you guys want to send me stuff like totally cool with that too <laughs> Smooth. There we go. All right. Last but certainly not least, I know you have tons of branding and it's all kind of out there tied together. Tessa, where can we find you online? Uh, yeah, you can check out my Instagram where a lot of my videos are at, uh, at Tessa is Tessa. And um, yeah, you can check out a lot of my stuff also on my website, Tessa is Tessa.com. And then my podcast, which is uh, called Hold the Phone, where I have different comedians on each episode. So Sammy, Andrew, if you want to be a guest, more than welcome. Um, it's called Hold the Phone, and that's available on Apple and Spotify. There we go. Thank you so much. That is our panel. That is Comics Who Cook. Check out Hold the Phone. Check out Sammy and Fareed Zaria online. Hit up comedybar.ca for the next Guts for Laughs and upcoming Andrew Barr shows. That is our show. Don't forget, you can listen to all of our episodes right back to the beginning on Global News Online. We'll be back next week. Hi, this is Alicia Carusi. And you're listening to my aunt, Sandra Carusi's Comedy Rx. Today's Comedy Rx is Andrew I, uh, I used to work in a Tim Hortons. I don't know if anyone here has done that. Or, you know, similar low-level fast food employment. But it's, uh, it's more difficult than people give it credit for. Like, uh, like working in a Tim's is not difficult technically, just, just like emotionally. So, <laughs> you know, like, working, working in a Tim's, I figured out really quickly, there's a lot of people that don't need coffee in the morning. They just need to be mean to a boy. <laughs> secondary motivator. It's always some guy who got in a fight with his wife the night before and he'd had it and he almost said some and ruined his relationship. But he was like, hold! Save it for Ethan. Like, you know those people that you meet that are like, you don't want to talk to me unless I've had my coffee in the morning. My job is to talk to those people before they have the coffee.